This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Curry with a dribble. Finds Thompson. Clay squeezing in defenders. Finds Wiggins above the break left side. Got it! Wiggins seems to be the guy who's going to be open in this series. He's in double figures again. He's got 10. Now back to 95-7, the game. This from Steve Kerr on Andrew Wiggins' quote, I expect him to play in game three. Technically, he's questionable, but I expect him to play. If Wiggins plays and can be effective, this could be a four-game series, and you're going to have about a week without Warrior basketball before you get to your NBA Finals. Get your tickets now because I think we're going to see a finals here at Chase Center. Welcome in, everybody. Hour number two, Dan Devone, Jim Cozumore, and you at 888 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570 is the Xfinity mobile text line as well. We want to give a great big hello and congratulations to all of our high school graduates. We know many of you went through graduation yesterday. My oldest daughter, Addison, did. Congratulations to my dear girl. Good job, Addison. Way to go. Did I cheer? Ooh, that was exciting. But today, I know De La Salle is graduating out there today. I don't know when SI graduates. You're an SI guy, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't keep eye on the Spartans either. <laughs> but congratulations no, to all congratulations, of you who have been graduating. Uh, yeah, it's a great, great time. Great parties being had everywhere. I've got more graduation parties to get to today. We were just talking about the Lakers. When you think Lakers, you think, obviously, the championships and the greatness. But, man, part of that series that they had, they also – they like to have some fun. Yeah. Well, should we get Mike before I do Let's my dumb do little story here? Give me a quick Mike. Give me Mike in uh, Oakland. Mike, we were talking Warriors, and if there's a comparison with those dominant Bulls team, am I far off on that, Mike? Hey, good morning, guys. I uh, appreciate you taking my call. I really love the show. Um, you know, whenever you said that, I, I could see where you could make that comparison. However, I think there's a huge distinction between uh, this current group that uh, we are, are going towards the the, that chip and the 96, that three-peat bulls in that. One, we have not done anything yet. We, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Uh, I think it's premature to have not even won that first of the subsequent three-peat to establish that sort of comparison. And two, um, you know, we rely in this playoff and all of the playoff series and getting thus far and our ancillary players a whole lot more than – um, that bull squad relied on Jordan and Pippen. They were always, you know, the, the strong performers. You never heard, you never saw Luke Longley or Tony Kukoc go to the foul line during a, a conference final series and the, and the crowd chant MVP, MVP, the way it did for, for uh, Loons the other night, which is well-deserved for what, what he's put up. So that's, that's, that's where I'm coming from with that comparison. That's fair enough. I appreciate that. Now, I do remember the Bulls in the finals – having a last shot for Steve Kerr and a last shot for John Paxson and a last shot for Craig Hodges. Mm, so Craig there Hodges. were some times there. Remember the story, Craig Hodges is on fire. Do you know that story? No. So Hodges evidently was caught by his wife. He had been maybe doing things he shouldn't have been doing with somebody and was caught by his wife. And his wife either threw gasoline on him or was throwing matches at him. And then it became huh? a joke that they said, hey – Craig, when he'd hit a bunch of shots in a row, they go, Craig Hodges is on fire. <laughs> and it was kind of an inside joke about uh, maybe his wife was, well, anyway, those are stories you get in the NBA uh, from your many years in the league. All right, you have a, you have a story that you want going on. Yeah, because at some point I make it all about me. You know that goes. And I didn't want Mike to have to mm-hmm. painfully yeah, wait through my story. So okay. we were talking about Showtime. 
And we're talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. And what is it on HBO Max? Yes. Is that what, is that what it's called? Winning Time, right? Is that what? Yeah, I think it's Winning called Winning Time. And it's on, It's maybe it's regular HBO. I watch it on HBO Max. So you grew up in Chicago. I grew up right here in, San, in the mean streets of San Francisco. Let me just tell you, as a red-blooded young American kid here in San Francisco, there's two things you aspire to do. Because you're always envious of what's happening, you know, down I-5 in the Southland in Los Angeles. As a young guy coming out of SI, there's two places you want to go to. And I'm just going to be honest with everybody out there. You want to go you want to go to the Playboy Club at some point, the Playboy Mansion. Yes. And you mm-hmm. also want to go if you're someone like me as a sports enthusiast and you follow this sort of thing, you want to go to the Forum Club. Now, I don't know if you're familiar Ooh, with this Yes. Joke. Yes. So at the old LA Forum, they used to have the Forum Club, which mm-hmm. apparently had all the beautiful starlets Everyone in Hollywood, they would go there after post-Laker basketball games. Yep. So I'm in college at the University of Arizona. It's one summer. It's me and a couple of buddies. There's like five of us. We're in L.A. We're going we're gonna to take this, knock it right off the bucket list. We're at the Laker game, and we're going to the Forum Club. We, we thought about it all game, all week, just how are we going to get into this thing? I mean, come on, man. I, I literally Those are to, great times, aren't they? When you and your buddy are scheming your way into the you know the forum club. That was life. And it's somehow we finagle in. Oh, that's awesome. All right. And I see the You're most, a handsome guy, though. You could be you could be judged as a, a potential star. Well, back then I was listen, I wore <laughs> all I wore were K Swisses and shorts. Like I, that's how I lived back in the day. Dude, that was a hot look back then. No you know, money. You know, all those stars back in the eighties, they look like that. You're Andrews McCarthy. <laughs> Come out. You know, you were, you were, uh, was it Andrew Shue, Elizabeth Shue's brother? Andrew Shue, yeah, yeah. You, were, you, were, you could have been hanging with that crew. Melrose Place, that's good knowledge. <laughs> so there was this most, the most beautiful woman I, I had seen in my 20, 21 years on this planet. And she's sitting at the bar at the Forum Club. The buddies are ribbing me saying, you got her, you got her, you got her, Devoe. Go for it, go for it, go for it. She's obviously older. She's distinguished. She's made up. And I went up to her and I started the stupidest conversation. Like, are you Miss America? I thought I recognized her. And she was. She was like Miss California or something. Look at that. We had this absolutely ridiculous. I mean, what was I going to do? Like, say, yeah, you, you want to jump on the back of the van with 14 other guys and go to a keg party? <laughs> so I have this conversation. And then she she was polite. You know, yeah. she, she sat there for a while, went back and forth with me. And then ultimately she just shut me down and said, you know what? I'm waiting for my boyfriend. And that was my that was my you know okay. signal to exit. So it was polite. She go, was polite about it. I go back and, and I'm hanging out with the coconuts in the corner. And guess who walks in? Gives her a big kiss on the cheek, sits down, and it was his fiance. It was Mitch Kupchak. Get out of here. Yeah. So it was Mitch Kupchak's fiance that I had, had hit on at age 21. She's like in her 30s. Fast forward like 25 years later, I'm in New York City, and I'm looking for a house. I'm looking for a place, and somebody sets me up with this. This woman, yeah. who is a who is a rental agent, and lo and behold, we're walking around. She's showing me places, and she's this distinguished but older woman. And we start talking, and she went to UCLA back in the day. Oh boy! Yeah, and I said, "Oh, okay." And she said, "Yeah." At one point, I, I she said, "Oh, you're in sports. You're in sports casting." This was at WWE, and I said, "Yes." And she said, "Well, you know, I have a sporting pass as well. I was a cheerleader at UCLA, and I once was engaged to Mitch Kupchak." Get out of here! And you're kidding like, me. You know what? I know you. We got a story, dude. <laughs> hey, you might remember this. She was much, much older, but you know <laughs> what? I had to still. We went to like a cigar bar and talked about the good old days. She has, she has some serious stories going back in the day. Who did she say that used to hit on her all the time? I think it was Kareem. <laughs> and this is pre-cell phone days. She used to give out phony phone numbers. Remember, you could do that. Classy move. All right, I like it. That was a polite move. Look at you. You were going top drawer. I had to get that out of the system. That's a great story, though. A quarter century later, random New York City, you have someone showing you places. It's the young lovely that you were hitting on, making your one shot at the Forum Club. Absolutely. Oh, man. I got a Playboy Mansion Club, but we'll save that for another time. Oh, you've got so many great stories. We got, You know what? When we, The more we work together, we're going to do a segment called Story Time with Dan Devone. <laughs> you've got WWE stories. You've got Playboy Mansion stories. You've got Forum Club stories. I'm telling you, man. But you were aware of the Forum Club, right? Yes. I walked by it. I could never get in it. Right. You know, I was doing games in the NBA. I remember I was doing Sixer games, and they were still playing at the Forum. And so you got to go back there. You know, you yeah, have to go, but, sure. but I could not, I never had the, you know, I didn't have the cachet. So I'm the Sixers radio guy. You think I can sneak in here? You had a better shot than me. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to get it, but you'd stand out there and just see the celebrities going in there. Yeah. They literally would have like the red velvet oh, rope. Yeah. I mean, it was, oh, yeah. I mean, it was the real deal. And there. you know, that's the thing about this series. They, they actually tell you the story of how that came about. 
that forum club oh, that right? and what Jerry Buss was trying to do. And John C. Riley plays Jerry Buss in this thing. And many people say he should win uh, an award. And I don't know what you'd win, an Emmy for that, but he should win an Emmy for the portrayal. John C. That Talladega Nights. Yes. John C. Riley, And he also plays, he's, he plays one of the characters in the Laurel and Hardy movie, and he's spectacular in that movie. It's a really good movie. Little known movie, but he was really great in it. But in this film where he depicts Dr. Jerry Buss, they go to the whole idea of the Forum Club and how he wanted to kind of dress it up as a place to be and how really his daughter has was a great marketing mind. She was a, a young student, I think, at USC. I hope I'm not getting it wrong. It might have been UCLA. And she had some ideas, and the woman who was running the organization was maybe a little bit tougher. Um, it's a good backstory, and again, it's Hollywood. It's a really neat backstory. If you've been to the Forum Club, you might want to watch that series. You know, what's interesting is we get – I love my conversations with, with Scott Osler. I don't know if you've had an opportunity to talk to him. One of the greatest, most gentlemanly kind writers that you will meet. So he grew up – well, actually, he grew up, and he also started working with the L.A. Times. Yep. And he knows those days intimately. And he talked about Jerry Buss specifically. And I remember him saying that Jerry Buss was the first. He was the first owner to, first of all, bring in the Laker girls. Nobody had professional cheerleaders. That at the great time. story on how that happened. Oh, there is. There's really. a great story on how that happened. You got to watch the series. And he even mentioned that they had the USC marching band mm -hmm. at one point going yep. to Laker games. And he wanted to do it a different way and create this atmosphere where yep. eventually. You had Diane Cannon, and then, of course, you know, Nicholson sitting yep. on the floor and everything. So He wasn't an owner of a basketball team. He created events. Mm. He was someone who created an atmosphere. He was, you know what? He was a visionary. He wasn't an owner. He was a visionary. And there are a few owners you can say that about. But he changed the way we look at the National Basketball Association, and he pushed his chips all in at a time when a lot of people were trying to get the heck out of the NBA. It's interesting. It, you know, the way this story is told, he was the guy behind Magic Johnson getting drafted by the um, Los Angeles Lakers. It wasn't Jerry West. So it, it, that's the way they tell the story. I'm not saying I, I know what's right or wrong, but that's the way they tell well, the story. Well, it's interesting that you talk about the NBA at the time, and maybe a lot of people don't know that that transitional period, that people like Jerry Buss, when a lot of, as you mentioned, a lot of owners were just simply dumping because it was a lose-lose. A yep. And if you wasn't the NBA Finals you tape recorded? Yes. You, the game would be played. So I lived on the East Coast at the time. I was in the state of Michigan at the time, and I loved the NBA. And the Finals would be played, and you didn't have the Internet to check up on the scores or anything like that, right? And so you would watch your late local news at 11, and then they the sports would be near the end, and they would say, we're going to give you the score of the NBA Final Game 1, if you don't want to know it, leave the room. Leave the room. Turn turn the sound down, and then they would finish the sports cast. They would say good night, everybody, and then they would play at eleven thirty. They would play the NBA Finals wow. game one. So it was a tape delayed telecast. And so all of that didn't it sort of change with Bird and Magic yeah. and Jerry Buss yep. and this new era that sort of created sort of the NBA that we enjoy today. Yes. That's yes. wild. It was all absolute. about that. And that's, to me, those are the more interesting stories of what that TV show is. Um, you can depict characters any way you wish. Listen, Jerry West is one of the greatest players and greatest ex-athlete general managers in the history of sport. So there's no taking that away. They do not portray him well in this. But they do not portray a lot of people well in this. So he's he's part of the mix. What's up, Brian? Going off the Jerry West thing, he also, people forget, he had a biography called My Famed and Tortured Life. That was his book. So it's kind of, eh, maybe not depicting him in the best light, but he still, it's his famed and tortured life. So I can see they depict him pretty well. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with Jerry West's background growing up in West Virginia and his father. It's pretty emotional. He did not have a good relationship with his father growing up. I don't know if they get into that in the in the show. Oh, they do. Okay, yeah. His his relationship with his father was really dark. And yeah, and they, they touch on that oh, a little do. bit okay. in this, right? They touch on it, and it doesn't take long for you to get the idea of whatever Jerry West's attitude truly was, that was a slice of his life, and you know it. You can see it in this. It's I'm telling you. And, and you listen, if you're a sports fan, you don't have to be a Laker hater or a Laker lover. Just someone who loves stories and the ones being told about that era of the Los Angeles Lakers, the trueness of it, you'll have to discern for yourself, but it's a really interesting view, and I've only seen a small piece to it. So Do we have cool. breaking news here? Is it? 
Um, from the 415 breaking oh, news, Andrew play. Wiggins will play tonight. Okay. That's per Steve Kerr. And, yeah, we, we had that for you uh, about 10, 15 minutes ago. Kerr said they're going to play. And that was per uh, Anthony Slater, I should say. I apologize. I did not say I give credit to uh, uh, Slates, and who's a great guy. And so, um, you know, you anticipate he's going to play. And if he is going to play and if he plays to the level that he has been playing, it could be a tough time for the Dallas Mavericks. This is somewhat breaking news. The Dallas Mavericks organization has been fined $100,000 for continuing to violate league rules regarding team bench decorum. Uh, the amount of Dallas's fine also reflects prior infractions of team bench decorum in the 2022 NBA playoffs. On multiple occasions, several players and a member of the coaching staff stood for an extended period on the Mavericks team bench area, stood away from the team bench, and were on or encroaching upon the playing court during the game action of the Dallas loss to the Golden State Warriors in game number two. If you're Dallas, does, do, you, do you say, look, at the league is against us. Look, at they're fining us for just standing up on the side. We were nowhere near it. Are they trying to build a case in Dallas right now that the league is against us? I think the league needs to crack these guys. I don't, in that game, if you recall, when Damian Lee tried to close out, I think that was Davies Bertrands, and then ended up right there in the bench. I think that... You know, that fueled a lot of what we saw, the double tech, and Bertrand tries to get up, and, and Damian Lee falls over him, and then everybody's chirping. If you recall, there was a play late in that second half where Steph Curry throws it to what he thinks is a teammate, and it's Tim Hardaway Jr., who happens to be wearing a white T-shirt, who is standing there, and he's, you know, he's gesticulating not to throw me the ball, but Steph Curry you know, sees him out of his periphery and throws the ball in that direction, and it results in a turnover. So, yeah, there is something to that. It's affecting the play of the game. So you got to sit down, guys. And I think if you're a Warrior fan, you, you think exactly what Dan was saying. I think if you're a Dallas fan, you're sitting back saying, look at that. The league is against us. The league only wants the big market Warriors because they're the fair-haired child of the NBA, and they want the Warriors to win this. And unfortunately, the NBA has kind of put themselves in that position. Yes, I, think, I think the NBA is guilty of making us fans – sometimes see things that aren't necessarily true. Um, I think that there's a large faction of the population, and I'm not going to say I'm not one of them, who thinks the NBA sits back on Park Avenue in New York and says, I think they're on Park Avenue, maybe they're on Fifth Avenue, and says, yeah, it'd be great for us to have Golden State Warriors in the Boston Celtics in the NBA Finals this year. I guess the only thing with that is that you'd have to have so many people in on something like that. Yeah. And as yeah. you well know, that if you have more, if it's just – you and I that have a secret, the minute we stretch that to Brian or somebody else, at some point somebody begins to talk. Yep. They somebody sure. begins to say, hey, listen. There is a belief, and this is going back years to when a guy by the name of Dick Bavetta was an official in the sure, NBA. Sure. If a series was three games to one, you knew Dick Bavetta was walking through that tunnel because the team with one win was going to win game five <laughs> because they're getting to game six. That's when the NBA starts making money with their TV deal. Game sixes, you start to make your big money. And there was a, it was an open secret. Dick Pavetta was walking through that tunnel if it's three games to one. And well, that's, you have Donahue, right? Or Donahue. Oh, yeah. He's, you know what? And whether you believe him or not, and Tim Donahue or Donaghy, some people call him, uh, he was the official who was caught gambling on games. And he's the one who came out after his prison term. And he said, you know what? I know for a fact that uh, that game between the K Sacramento Kings and the Los Angeles Lakers. The league wanted that to go seven games, and they made sure of it when the Kings were in, I think it was game six, that they ended up down in Los Angeles, hmm. and they lost a huge lead in the fourth quarter. Whether you believe someone, and some people would say, how do you believe a jailbird, versus, you know, um, let's use uh, Jose Canseco. Canseco, he admitted he uses a lot of stuff. and he. But then he pointed, he wrote a book and said, so did this guy, and so did this guy, and so did this guy, and everyone said, oh, you can't. Trust him. Well, you know what? It came out that this guy and this guy and this guy also reasons. He was the, the only honest thing to come out of that guy. Yeah, exactly. That's about the only uh, the only honest thing. One thing I'd say about Dallas, where there's some meat on the bone, mm -hmm. is that when it comes to Draymond, he gets the technical okay, but anybody else, that guy gets run. I mean, how much latitude does a guy who has a technical get in terms of still being able to get in the face of referees despite having that one tech, typically you're like, okay, let me just stay away. I don't want to get thrown out of this game. He continues with the same vehement to get in front of these referees and to continue to bark. And if I'm Dallas, I'm like, where's the second tech so you can throw this guy out? Right. And there's a guy in Draymond Green who understands the playoff format. An official, it would have to be so egregious for an official to kick a key guy out of a game 
And I think Draymond Green understands what the line is. And he's also pushed so much that his line is different than pick your average NBA player's line. NBA average player does that, boom, they get double teched. This guy who's chirping all the time maybe has a little bit more leeway because the official knows that's just who he is. And we'll warn him when he gets further over that line than we want him to be. I just think the NBA will look at that. It would take it would take an act of Adam Silver to allow the officials to kick Draymond Green out. No, you're probably right. And, and as we stay on Draymond, it's the love-hate relationship. I love this guy. The emotion, the energy, the very thing that we're talking about is what makes him the sort of great player that he is. But there's also times like that the other night where it's just too much for me. As they say in Hawaii, enough, 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 enough. No can. No can. No can. Uh, the issue with him, though, is I think that's true up and down the organization itself. I think the Golden State Warriors at times say, oh, enough of this. Enough of this, for crying out loud. But they know this guy and this version of it. And if, if you look today at ESPN, they say this is the best version of Draymond Green yet. And you have to wonder. I mean, they've been pretty darn good at other times. And he has been pretty darn fantastic at other times. But is he matured to a point now where it all comes together? He can't jump as high as he used to. You're, as you get older, you're not as quick. You can't do some of the things physically you used to be able to do. But he's smarter. He does those things in a more efficient, effective way. He sees the game differently than today's player does. That he's able to take the smarts and still what he has of athleticism and put that entire package together. And, yeah, he might have been a better athlete seven, eight years ago. But now the total package of Draymond Green of knowing how to get under your skin without letting it affect your team, of knowing how to push the opponent and maybe stop them just enough defensively without getting that, uh, you know, he had the hard foul against Memphis, which I think was more reputational than anything else. Um, But I think, and ESPN says this, this is the best version of Draymond Green we've seen yet. If that's the case, this team's going to the finals, everybody. Yeah, but again, with all of that being said, with Draymond, you get, you know, a lot of the nonsense. You get a lot of the stuff that you could you could do without. I think if you're Coach Kerr, Coach Kerr will never. Maybe he's having a beer with you and I, and he he has a sense of confidence that this will never leave the room. Or maybe he says this, shares this with his his family or friends, and maybe he doesn't. I I think there's times where he's just like, yeah, come, I, I I'm so over this guy. I'll say this that when you're talking about the core, and they get on the wrong side at 30, Steph, Draymond, and Clay. That the one guy, I think, whose skill set will deteriorate quicker than the other two, if there's one, if I had to pick between the core that walks off to the sunset a little bit faster than the other two, it's going to be Draymond. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think that, you know, it's funny. You go on 95-7 the game, proud home of the Golden State Warriors. You mentioned Steph Curry. We are genuflecting. You mentioned Klay Thompson. He might be the favorite of everybody, even though we all understand Steph changed the way the game is played. You mentioned Draymond Green, <laughs> and you got Warrior fans who love him, and you got guys like in the 415 who say ESPN can have him. He's a clown. Trade him while the value is high. And you got a guy who's winning championships and playing at this level, but that's the that's the that's nature him. of him, right? That's him. That's what he does. I think that's the beauty of the Warriors, too. There is no middle ground with this guy. No. He's the New York Yankees. He's the Dallas Cowboys. He's your version of a George Steinbrenner or whatever it may be, is that you either love him for what he brings your team and you deal with what he is or you're sick and tired and you're over it. If you win a championship, he's our pain in the butt. But if you lose the championship, now he's just a pain in the butt. And he is one of the, the quintessential, one of those guys, if he played for another team, you hate the dude. And if he plays with the Warriors, there's still a lot of people that don't like him. But but it's it's sort of like that of Barry Bonds. People will defend Barry Bonds till the day they die. But if Barry Bonds was to do what it is that he did with the Los Angeles Dodgers or any other team, It'd be complete venom. Is is that part of the beauty of this version of the Warriors, that it's the right group together at the right time? Could Steph have done this somewhere else? Could Draymond have been Draymond somewhere else and allowed to be that if he ended up not going in the second round of the Golden State Warriors who were maybe laughed at by some because you're taking a guy who went to college for four years, Dan. He can't be an NBA player. <laughs> he would have come out years ago. He played four years at Michigan State. So what are you doing drafting a guy like that? To answer your question, no. No? And it's not only relegated to the Warriors, but this is how dynasties and this is how greatness happens. Whether it's luck, stars align. Does Joe Montana become Joe Montana if he's not united with, with Bill Walsh? 
Ooh, is Brady, one. Brady without Belichick? And all, all of these things, you know, sometimes it's just how things come together. And it's just this perfect storm. You're right. And that's part of the magic of greatness, right? It's part of the magic of greatness. And if you can say that this is the start of a second version of it, that's to me maybe speaking to the brilliance of what ownership and management has done. You know, Joe Lacob came into town, bought the team. At the time, it was the most anyone's paid for a, a basketball team, and he got laughed at. He was like, you're thinking the Warriors? They've, they've made one playoffs in 18 years. They're awful, and it's a horrible situation. And he paid all that money. He outbid the Oracle guy to get this team. Everyone wanted Larry Ellison to buy the team, and he ends up buying it. And he comes on, and he gives that speech when Rick Barry is out there, and they were uh, representing for Chris Mullen. It was a big night for him, and he gets booed off his own court. You know what? He's done everything that he said he was going to do and more, and he's kept himself quiet the whole time. I don't think Joe Lacob gets enough credit. I don't think management's getting enough credit. I don't think anybody, the players should get credit, but putting this team together and keeping it together and giving them the infrastructure, man, they have had a lot. It's either they've had the greatest stroke of luck in the history of pro basketball or they're pretty damn good at what they do. They know there is a... Method behind the madness. They want us to break. Okay. And they want you to tease Andrew Wiggins' sound. Okay. Let's do it. Why am I the middleman here, Brian? What kind of relationship so is I this? Did. Well, what I do, I have people. I don't go directly. You know, I tell people, don't look me in the eye when I'm walking down the hall. <laughs> and if you want to communicate with me, tell it to Dan and he'll tell me. I only talk to a certain level of people over here at Devone. You know that. All right. Devone and Co's with you all the way until 1 o'clock. We're going to hear from Andrew Wiggins is what I'm being told by Dan Devone. That's all straight ahead. Plus your calls at 888-957-9570 on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Dodgers brings it inside. Wiggins says, get it out of here. Knocked it away. I think Luca thought he had an easy layup. I think so, too. Wiggins said, nope. Nope. Wiggins is sneaky with his length. No question. Now back to 95-7, the game. According to Steve Kerr, Wiggins will be available tonight and is expected to play as the Dubs go for a Game 3 win in Dallas against the Mavericks. That's how we get it rolling here. On a Sunday morning at your proud home of the Golden State Warriors, 95-7, the game. I am Jim Cozumore, Dan Devone by my side. We're together until 1 o'clock as we have got a full day of Dubs coverage for you leading up to the official pregame show at 430 and then the great Tim Roy on the call coming up at 6 o'clock tonight in this game. Uh, we'll hear from Wiggins in just a second. Uh, we got a lot going on. It's a Sunday, so obviously a ton of stuff going on in the springtime. you got the NBA finals go, or playoff finals going on. They're in the conference finals in the Western Conference, the Eastern Conference. You've got uh, – I'm a big fan of college women's softball. Oh, yeah, you turned me on to that. I am having so much fun. It's a fast-paced game. The athleticism is great. So I love watching that. But it's also, you know, we got golf up going today. 
You know, you turned me on. I, I didn't even realize it. So is this the World Series again or playoffs? Or where are they at? Yeah, they're kind of at the start of the playoffs. So certain teams have home games now. And then you get out of this and you get into the World Series element of it. So you've got a bunch of different matchups going. you got Virginia Tech and Kentucky we happen to have on right now. But these games are fast. they got two games on at once on the screen. The games move quickly. The pitching happens fast. If you're someone who used to like old-time baseball where the games was like two hours and ten minutes – that's what women's college softball is. You know, you said this to me about a year ago, and I got to be honest with you, I sort of dismissed it, as are probably a lot of people that are hearing us sure, right now. Absolutely. Women's softball, come on, man. Yeah. What are you talking about? Just just give it a chance. Yep. Because I'm a believer now. I'm like, come on, Coase, man. Yep. Get a life, my man. Yep. I watched for like five minutes of this thing. I was hooked. I'll tell you what, just to bring it back and make it relevant to today's game, they need to implement what it is that they're doing in women's college softball. And what I mean by that. They don't leave the box. You notice that? So true. You're in the batter's box. Yep. You're in the batter's box. You don't need to step out and adjust the cup or go to nope. your wristband nope. and do what it is that you're doing. Be Mike Hargrove, the human rain delay. Brutal. Just get back in there and play. What would that do in terms of expediting the sport? You know, they're doing all they can to quicken the game. A year ago, game times were about three hours, 15 minutes on average. This year, because of that new device they have with the catcher and the pitcher and how they can call the pitches more quickly and they don't have to go through signs or anything, it's quickened the game to about three hours and seven minutes, I believe. Three, seven, three, eight. So they've shaved off some time on that. But the pitch clock is coming, and they're going to try to tighten the game up that way. And, and I work with a guy by the name of Shooty Babbitt. I do some A's pre- and post-game work. show with Shooty. He's the best. Yeah. He's a fantastic guy. What a great guy. And he scouts. He said, I'll tell you. You go down to the minors and you're scouting games, you're in and out of there two and a half hours, it's a long day. He goes, that pitch clock, these young kids are now being programmed to get the sign and pitch, and that's quickening the game, and it's making it more enjoyable sure. for everybody. If so. you watch on YouTube, go to like 1978 World yep. Series. I, I don't know who it was. It might have been the Red Sox and the Reds maybe, but the thing is played in like, Two hours and 15 minutes. That's with yep. network commercials. That's amazing. And right? so, you know, these things now, you get to the postseason, and it's, 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 you're committing to like a round of golf. You've got to carve out four hours of your day. Exactly. And, and nobody wants to do that. In this world, whether you have time or not, you don't want to sit back and you don't want to do that to watch baseball. As much as I love the game, it's hard to sit for three-plus hours and get over the entirety of the game. And then – you know, knowing how slow it is. Now they've changed the way the game is being played now. They've deadened the baseball somewhat. You're getting less swing and misses in the game today. So maybe you're going to get back to playing some more normal baseball. But to, to your point, that 78 World Series, I did the same thing with the Dodgers-A's World Series from the early 70s. I was watching that thing. I'm telling you, Dan, it's two hours and a change, and boom, pitch. Messer Smith's on the mound, gets the ball, looks in, deals. That's a strike. Gets the ball back, looks, goom. It's just nonstop. And that was making the game fun. Wasn't he the first? I want to say yeah. he was the first free agent. Is that right? I, you're close. If he no, well, Kurt Flood sued to become a free agent, right? It was Kurt Flood was the guy. Well, who he refused it. to be traded. Is that what it was? Yeah, he okay. didn't want to be traded. He, he said, his... "I'm not property. You can't trade okay. me." Okay. But I, I believe we can look this up. I believe Andy Messersmith might have been the first free well, agent. You could went, be right. Went to the New York Yankees, if I'm not mistaken. Well, he was. It was something to watch baseball at that time. It was yeah. a quicker game, the quicker pace. I think Messersmith's the guy who won a ton of innings too, didn't he? Wasn't he a guy who pitched? I think it was Mike Marshall. Okay, there you go. There you go. Uh, we got our good friends on the phone lines at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Filmo Mike in the town. What's happening, Filmo? We have not talked in a while, my friend. I know, man. You ain't talking about no alcohol. You ain't talking about what you finna eat with your alcohol. <laughs> so I'm, I'm highly disappointed in you, bro. I know. I shouldn't be you talking about the... I'll be like, man. We had the Mexican food yesterday at my yeah. daughter's graduation party. I was mixing up the margaritas. I made them Cadillac for my good friends. Mm-hmm. That's what I was getting into on a Saturday. Hey, the, the Cadillac margaritas is with the, it got a little bit of Hennessy in it, right? Or like cognac, right? So I do a little Grand Marnier in mine. I'll oh. use a little Grand Marnier and a little something called Contro or Quantro. Some people uh, maybe phrase it that way. So I'll add a little bit of both of those to my normal margarita. Got you. That's with the orange little accent. Yes. I got you. Yes. A little floater. We call it a little floater in the business. All right. I like that, my friend. Right. All right. What about the dubs, my guy? I'm giving you a 
Hey, no, no. Before, before we talk about the Dubs, because they're going to sweep this series. But Yeah, the hell with the Dubs. Get back to the Cadillac Margarita. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm going to give you a, a drink, Coles. It's called a beautiful. Beautiful. It's, it's, it's a real African-American drink. It's okay. called, some people call it a French connection. But it's, if, when you're from Philmo, we call it a beautiful. That's even better than the French connection. It's, it's Grand Marier and Cognac. I love a little, what bit of, a little bit of Hennessy or Remy with half of that, and then you do the Grand Marier to top it off, put a cherry or orange slice in there, and then you'll be good to go, Cole. That sounds like a good sipper right there, baby. That sounds like a good sipper. So yeah. so it's like it's like uh, half cognac, half Hennessy or Remy, and then you float a little Grand Marnier on top. You go a cherry and an orange slice, and then you're sipping, right? Exactly, for okay. about two hours. I love it. Don't, it's, not, it's not a shot. It's not a margarita. You sip it for two hours. Right. Preferably no ice. Some people like it with ice, but I don't like it with ice because it get water. Anyway, though, Coach, Warriors for the win. One thing that I wanted to say that I don't like about the youth sports, because when I was younger, softball, they had all the – they was talking crap. They would be like, better, better, better swing. And we'll do, we'll do. you know, they oh, would yeah. cheers yeah. with their, you know, if they struck someone yes. out, they got a hit or whatever. Someone come up to bat. The new, the, the youngsters, they can't do that anymore. You can't do that type of like celebration. I really think that's, that's bad for the gang. You feel me? That's just me. I feel like it, we're, we're trying to beat you. We're not trying to be your friends. We can be friends after the game, but as far as like regulating all these extra rules, oh, I can't clap when someone strikes out. What, what are we doing sports for? So that's all I wanted to say. Words and fuck. I love it, Philmo. Thanks for the drink suggestion, too. The French Connection, also called the Beautiful. Philmo's got the Warriors and fuck. You know what? Listen, I'm selfish, and, and I'll, I'll be honest about this. I want seven games. I want this series to get to a game seven, and I want Chase Center to be packed, and I want it to come down to a final possession where either Steph or Clay or somebody hits a big shot because I like the theater. But there is no part of me that can build a scenario barring a physical disaster, which nobody hopes for, right? If If – you know, Steph, for goodness sake, steps on an ankle and twists his and is done. That's the only way I see this series extending. I just can't build a seven-game scenario in this series. If you're Joe Lakin along those lines and you're being honest, yep. you obviously want to see a sweep, get your team rest. Eh, you want to see a home game, get this thing stretched out. That's, a, that's what? That's like $9, 11000000 million. Yeah, I know. That's, I know. That's some, you know, maybe I'm not going to share that with the unwashed masses, but eh. A home game, we stretch this thing a little out. I'm okay with that. I will tell you if I, I, I you know what, and maybe if I'm an, I, I was an actual owner, I wouldn't. But sitting in this chair, I'd go. I could see me. You know, let's get one or two in Dallas. No need to, no need to wash it out. You know, you're going to be sitting for over a week anyway. We want to stay a little sharp. Tell you what, get one or two. Yeah, you're right. You get that 11 million dollar payday when I'm so far over the luxury tax. I got to think that if he ends up losing one of these two games. He's not going to lose sleep over it. I think what happened in the Memphis series was ideal. You win that thing in six. You had to come back home. There's a lot of money. I mean, they look at things through a different lens, right? When you're an owner of a team and you're thinking about finances, things become – when we get excited, Coz, if a team's going to the postseason and you're a fan, you're high-fiving just – it's just genuine fandom. Like, our team is going to the postseason. As a player – you always aspire to get to the post. But once you get to the players, the, the incentive becomes a little bit different. As an owner, yes, I'm a fan too. But more often than not, in all of the sports, the high fives, the champagne, the corks that are being popped, it's because, oh, my goodness. It's like it's, it's almost as if you work and you get a bonus. It's like bonuses are coming this year. Yeah. We did it. We hit the quota. Yeah. Yeah, you can sense it. And you can get that feeling. I, and I get it. And the text line's getting all over. It's like, hey, you know, that $11 million doesn't mean anything to a guy like Joe Lacob. He's already got his bag. He's got plenty of bags laying around. Yeah, I get it. But, you know, I, again, I just like the extra game. I like to see more action. I'd like to see them win the Western Conference Final at home and have a celebration with their fans. I just like that feeling. I like the story of it. Overall, as a fan, when I don't have a dog in the fight, I'm a big NHL fan, so I'm watching all the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. 
who am I rooting for? The team with the fewest amount of wins because I want seven games. I want it to come down to overtime in seven games. Whoever scores the final goal, it's exciting to me. Yeah, I think Warrior fans would just as soon get this thing over with. Yeah. Get that rest, especially when you're talking about – because, you know, we're talking about if Dallas has a fighting shot, if they got a puncher's chance in this thing. It might be in the latter stages of this series because the Warriors having to play every other game – you got Steph at 34 years of age and some of these players in their 30s that maybe once you get to game three, four, and potentially five or six, that maybe their legs aren't as fresh as, say, the beginning of the series. And for me, as a fan, I love that angst of not knowing. I love wondering, are they going to respond? I love having the belief system that, you know what? Even though they've lost two in a row, they're going to respond. I love that theater. And it's it's great. The 925 comes and says, how dare you bring up that juju, Coz? Anything can happen in a Game 7. That's what I like. I like the juice of a Game 7. I don't like the juice of a four-game sweep. If they if they win tonight, anyone think they're going to lose Game 4? Anyone? And if no. they win by double digits, are you going to stay through the end of that thing? I'm not going to stay through the end of that thing. If this thing goes seven games... Oh. I'll be there with you. It'll never be there. No, you'll be there alone. I don't want to see this thing go seven. Oh, I want it. I want, if this thing, if some guy, if someone tells me, right, if basketball gods say, you know what? If you just want theater, I will give you a game seven. You got to roll the dice versus, or they have to win it in four. It's one of those two options. I'm rolling the dice on a game seven. But if it does go game seven, uh-huh. I'm out. The Dallas Mavericks got to be the favorite. Why? Because they got the best player. And when it comes to Game 7s, especially in the postseason, that's typically what happens. Now, I'm not saying it's going seven games, but if it does, be very because something has to obviously happen between now and then Yes, right, in that yes. series regarding Dallas. And if they do get stretched to seven, that's when Luka and, and the greatest players usually make their mark. It'll be interesting, and that's a good discussion for this. But first, we've got the Luka stopper. And the Luka stopper is Andrew Wiggins. He spoke after shoot-around today. Back to Wiggins. In the thank you very much, Matthew. We, he spoke at the media session following shoot-around today. Here is what Andrew Wiggins had to say. It was just a little tweak. That's game. That's came down in the wrong. I didn't feel it until I was about to go lay down and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, I just wasn't, wasn't sure. You know, the games come quick. Long flights. I'm feeling a lot better now. You know, I feel good, so I don't think it'll affect anything. All right, now, unfortunately, it sounded like there was a wind tunnel and a misconnected microphone, but that's okay. Yeah, you want to translate that like you were the callers? Because I have no idea what he just said. Yeah, do you have an idea of what that was? No. Yeah, it's just Andrew Wiggins say it was just a little tweak, and apparently it won't affect him in the future, and he should be good to go tonight. All righty, good. It sounds like uh, he's ready to roll, and he's – I love and, that Bry's our translator today. I know. That is so Callers good. Callers wow. as well as sound bites. The guy's got everything. He's got the full package, doesn't he? Yeah. Man, he's running all – you know, he's in, he's in a swivel chair there because he's doing like 15 different things. I want to get back to Draymond for a second. Okay. And you were talking about Luka. The Phoenix Suns in that previous series, they poked the bear one too many times. They agitated Luka, I think. Mm-hmm. They were up 2 nothing, and they, it was a party. Phoenix is – we're the best team in the NBA. We've been driving the pace car. Dallas Mavericks, you've been a nice story. Here's a little pat on the head. Go home. All right, yeah. we're about to crush you. And then they began to target Luka. There was one play in particular where Devin Booker goes down after a hard foul, and he's writhing in pain, and he's got his head down on the hardwood, and everybody thinks it's a serious injury. And he turns around, he's got a big smile, and he says, just doing the Luka dance. And everybody was laughing, and they – baited Luca, not a good idea. And I think Luca took that personal. And as it relates to Draymond, let the, let the monster sleep. There's no need, not that he's baiting Luca, but when you get that emotional and you want to draw a tease, you're going after Reggie Bullock, there's no reason to wake up Dallas. Now listen, I even think Dallas, if they're playing on an emotional edge, they're still not beating the Warriors. But there's no reason for Draymond to go there. And he had a tendency to do that in game two, I felt. We saw that in game one, Coase. When he gets kicked out of the game. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Right. He gets the flagrant two. There was Memphis, the Warriors were up and they had a commanding lead at that point. And it all changed from that. Correct. There, sometimes he's Draymond and he can benefit your team with his emotion, 
And also, and especially in a series like this, he can wake up someone like that of Luka. And there is no need for that to take place in a series that I think is this one side. You're saying that you don't have the faith that Draymond Green at this phase of his career knows the difference between being the bleep disturber and the trash that he pulled with LeBron when they were doing that and the, 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 uh, the junk kick that he had on uh, the big guy when he was with Oklahoma City and all that. Adams. Exactly. You, you don't think that he's beyond that and now he knows the best way to get through it. Because that flagrant two he got, I think most people would tell you that wasn't a flagrant two. He got it on reputation, and now everyone is on spotlight. He can get away with that foul now. They're not going to give him a flagrant two. Everyone saw it, and they thought it was miscalled. They're not going to miscall it this time. I think to answer your question, I think that, yes, he's wise. He knows what it is he's doing. But I also think a part of him is about Draymond. I think Draymond yeah. is is about Draymond, and now he has sort of a brand and a podcast. I almost feel like he feels beholden to do something or be that guy. Because he has the reputation to upkeep. Not only do, but then talk about that thing that he did. Because he certainly does make as much noise verbally as he does with playing. And he does make a lot of noise in both. There's no question about that. Um, To get back to the Mavericks, I didn't think they had a puncher's chance at all to beat the Jazz. I thought there was no way they were going to beat the Jazz. Remember, Luka didn't start that series. He got injured in the 82nd game of the year. And then they, they have those first two games, and you're thinking, you know what? The Jazz are going to walk all over these guys. Mavericks come out, and they get the job done. Then I thought, they got nothing left against the Phoenix Suns. There ain't no way, especially in a Game 7, you're going into the Valley, and you're going to get a Game 7. And they mud-stomped them. I still think they left it all on the table there. I don't think they have much left. And I don't think they have the fight. And they've, they've shown they do in two previous rounds. I have maybe no right to have my belief Maybe, I, maybe I'm maybe i missing something. I just don't see how they can get back into it with the Warriors. Is there any chance, let me ask you this, any chance that we see a repeat of what we saw in the previous series? Because a lot of people, especially in Dallas, no. their perspective is we were down too well. We're familiar with this. They feel comfortable, right? They said, we did this already. We can do it to you. Golden State Warriors aren't the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. I don't think that they're made Is there another the gear way? for this team for Dallas? Because I don't see that. I don't. Maybe I'm guilty for not micro-watching the Mavericks' victory over the Jazz and the Mavericks' victory over the Suns in every game that they've played so far, but I don't see the extra gear. And I said this at midseason. I get it. Luka is a phenomenal talent. But after that, they got guys. They got guys, right? Right. right. There ain't nobody on that roster that you're, you're, you know, doing backflips over to say, oh, I got to see that guy. Max Kleber is that the guy? And I'm not ripping him, but I'm not. I'm not. But he has a rippable name. Go ahead. He, he's got a great name. I love that name, Maximilian Kleber. But I don't see the Mavericks having the gear that gets them back into the series as much as I'd like to see it for the playing theater of it all. But you said something interesting. Game seven, they've got the best player. Name the top five, top five players in this series by by rank. If you want me to go first and you want to think about it, I'll do it. I go Luca. Yep. Steph. Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. I'm tracking with you right now. And then I go. And I might even change that order. Who's your third? Who's your fourth? You know what? And I know that the easy answer is Draymond and Clay. I think Draymond is. In oh, that I group. think Wiggins jumps the line for Do Draymond you? right now. Okay. Right now. See that? The the but the point the greater point to that is. One goes to Dallas. Two, three, four, yeah. five, gotcha, gotcha, and maybe gotcha, gotcha. six. You pick the order. There's not another Maverick that even get, enters the conversation. Yeah, you set me up well. You're right. You know, so I think that's where we're at on this. Can, can I get a Vincent San Bruno? Can I pound the – can I – yes, we're going to pound – Lucille Balls. <laughs> I know. We got a lot going on over there. You got candies going by. He's stuffing them in his mouth. The, the conveyor belt is still moving. He's trying to figure out. He's stuffing them down his shirt. I'm telling you, where is uh, where's the Mertz's? Where's Ethel Mertz in this thing? Vince and San Bruno. Hi, for dated references, it's Devone and Coe's on 95.7 The Game. Vince, Dallas and home morning. court. Will it matter morning. this morning? Uh, you know, it'll help them. It'll help them a bit. But you know, I'm watching their brand of basketball. I like to rewatch the games, especially after the Warriors win. 
Uh, you know, the ball movement is just not there. You know, Luca's got the ball, the entire team standing there. I mean, they got to come out guns blazing, hitting 70% from threes. I think for them to have a chance, it's just different basketball. We move the ball around uh, way more fluid and, and, and just, you know, it's more of a team sport versus letting Luca go to work. Thank you, guys. All right. Hey, we appreciate it. Thanks very much, Vince. All right. When we continue, the, that guy is going to lead us off. Because I, do, I, don't, I don't know if we have time for that guy. No. No. We're, so that guy, you're leading us that off. That guy, we got to give him a platform. Yeah, we're going to. That guy, we're giving you the platform at 11 o'clock. And then we're going to take something that Dan pointed out earlier. And I've got a question regarding the styles of play of these two teams. And I'll let you be the deciding factor on what you think is more likely to happen. That's all coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. Dan Devone and Jim Cozumore with you. You guys have been doing a great job on the text line, on the Xfinity mobile text line at 888-957-9570, and also on the phone lines where that guy is going to lead us off next. We're your proud home of the Golden State Warriors. Game three with the Mavs tonight at 6. We've got two more hours of Devone and Coza, 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.